Hello and welcome to a Taylor's Tales podcast. This is Chris's Corner. I'm your host, Chris Taylor, and welcome back to a brand new episode. This week, I've got some seriously fun topics to talk about, starting off with, of course, Ocean Gate, the topic on top of everyone's lips, on top of everyone's lips, on the tip of everyone's tongue behind their lips. And uh, Ocean Gate, if you aren't aware of it, or you've been living under a rock for the past month, week, whatever it's been, uh, is the fact that this submarine, this sub-vessel, it can't be called a submarine, it can't even be called a vessel, really. It's this put-together, homemade piece of junk that somehow owners of it persuaded multi-millionaires to be able to pay £250,000 or $250,000 to submerge into the ocean all the way down to where the Titanic uh, can be found, the wreckage of the Titanic. Ironically, and I've seen this across, memed across the internet all over the place at the moment, hilarity behind it is that it was called Titan. And there is a story of the fall of Titan and therefore the ship that fell also happens. It's almost like history repeats itself. It's almost like that happens. And we're on the verge of Russia having another civil war. So again, history repeating itself over and over again. Fun times ahead. But something that really caught my eye with Ocean Gate that made me really like interested in it is like, I didn't even know this sort of thing was happening. And it's almost like we're, we're peeking into the future of what we're going to see with space, because space is almost like the ocean in terms of it's a hostile environment that we're not aware of, that we have very little research over of going to those depths, and we don't have the equipment to really deal with it. And something that's really intriguing to me is that are we going to see the same thing for the for space? Are we going to see this just like, yes, some multi-multi-millionaires paid £400,000 or, or, or two billion dollars to go into space and they imploded and they're just like oh no just like oh no oh no oh no oh no oh no oh yeah people sadness obviously condolences to the the family but it's also a tiny bit like who puts themselves at risk if, if you have that much collateral if you've got that much collateral behind you like you if you've got that amount of money why are you taking that risk why are you taking that risk so much? Like, it's it's big enough risk, for instance, going surfing or going snowboarding, for God's sake, where you break your leg or you break, or, or, you know, you potentially nearly die from doing that. But to go to the very depths of the ocean that you have no way of being rescued, that you have near to zero communication, and then you also have the idea that, oh, we may run out of oxygen, or you may get crumpled by the pressure of the ocean itself. Or, if you're like me and you believe in these sort of things, and I'm 100% sure there's something down there, is that there could be a friggin' Pirates of the Caribbean Kraken. Release the Kraken! Down there, ready to swallow you up and take you whole. You know, stop playing. I mean, if they give me one right now, tear it up live. And if that doesn't scare you just a little bit on the 0.0000001% chance that that is the case, then, you know, 
that could happen, and that's terrifying. We have like near to no research of the depths of that ocean, not to mention the fact that they're going to the graveyard of a ship that crashed with a bunch of rich people on it who didn't take into account the precautions and safety of their ship, and you're on a ship that you haven't taken the precautions of for the safety of, and you died as well. Huh. It's almost like we could have seen it coming. Oh yeah, it's all coming together. Da 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 da, irony, da 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 da. Anyway, enough of me taking the piss out of a, you know, five people dying. It's kind of sad, but it's also like, yeah, you know, it it is what it is a little bit in the sense that they kind of sign their names on the dotted line. It's kind of maybe I'll, who cares? It doesn't matter. I, you know, I, I'm just thinking. I I think I'm saying what everyone's thinking a little bit. It's like they took the risk. This is the, you know, the risk they took. This this is the result of, of, of everything that could go wrong going wrong. And the PS2 controller running out of batteries at the worst point, you know. How crazy is that? Let's just think about that for a minute. Imagine if I told you that you're getting on... It, actually, let me let me just put it this way. Let's say you're getting in a car, not even a ship. We're not even in the ocean. We're not anywhere hostile. We're just getting in a car, and I'm driving it, and I tell you, I'm driving it using, let's just say, a wireless Mario Kart controller. You're just going to look at me and go, what the fuck are you talking about, Chris? Like, no, I'm not going to get, get the fuck out of here. And these guys who are meant to be smart, you'd, you'd assume people who've made that much money, who haven't inherited it, let's say, would be smart enough to be able to be like, hmm, might not want to get in this. They're controlling this thing with a PS2 controller or a PS3, wireless PS3 controller, whatever you want, whatever it is, nuts. Imagine that for a second. You get in a car and you're like, yeah, this is fine. This is, everything's fine. Everything's good. This is fine. I'm okay with the events that are unfolding currently. We're fine. But, you know, what makes it even crazier is that there's, like, this, this thing operated out in the ocean, right? Potentially people's lives being put at risk. And there's no safety measures of, like, the Coast Guard or somebody from the US government getting involved with me, like, yeah, we're going to have to shut this place down because they're not holding, you know, they're not going to the safety measures that we need them to go at. And it's basically a ball of metal that's just encased to the point where pressure can't get in. Nuts. This is information that I am, you know relaying so a lot of it's bullshit just take it as at that take it with a pinch of salt but at the same time madness absolute madness to me on top of this the average person who hears this story as well it just goes well then you know it is it is what it is it's a silly story but at the same time can you not wait for the space stories like this i'm looking forward to when the first few people take this ship up to mars and yeah something happens and we can see the the first thousand iterations of all of these things happening over and over again until they've sorted out the safety measures for it it's like the first car you never know what's going to happen it's like the first person who got in the uh ai controlled tesla they're not going to be like 
yeah, I'm going to get in that Tesla and I'm going to allow AI to control it and I'm not going to have any manual control whatsoever. They're like, I'm going to write my name on the dotted line for this risk to reward ratio of no, of 0% of nothing. So, yeah, madness, absolute madness. And the fact that they're getting James Cameron as a reference for this is hilarious. <laughs> It's just like, we're going to get the guy who directed the movie for Titanic to come in here with his knowledge of fly fishing and come in here and really give us a good old talking to about how this is a silly idea. <laughs> Jim Cameron gets in there and he tells you what what. Um, but nonetheless, move, moving on to something a little, um, probably just as silly, let's be honest. Challenges. I feel for Tom Holland at the moment. I think we all feel for Tom Holland at the moment. Zendaya's a big star. So, so is he. You can't knock Tom Holland. But first, it's Timothy Chalamet with his good looks and his sly ways uh, going in with June and making out with Zendaya. And now Tom has to deal with this Challengers meme that's just rolling through the internet like nobody's business. And someone and two other guys are rolling in deep with Zendaya as well on screen. And this is what's happening right now. Rolling in the deep. Uh, it is intense. I've watched the actual trailer itself. I think the dislike ratio is so funny on this. So it's basically uh, a 67k likes to 35k dislikes. We're looking at a 45% uh, to 40% dislike ratio, which means the video itself is going to get some serious heat in terms of dislikes. And that's not good for the guys at Warner Brothers because... Clearly, the people who are disliking it are Tom Holland fans, who are, yes, a little bit up in arms. I feel for him so much, because that's your girlfriend up on screen, making out on the big screen in front of the world, and now that's become a meme, and you're just sat there like, oh, oh he's, either, he's either got the strongest willpower of all time, or... He's going absolutely crazy behind doors. It's like, hello darkness, my old friend. We open the door and Tom's just sat there with tears. Start. I don't feel so good. <laughs> just the rolling down. But yeah, if you haven't seen the uh, cinematic uh, trailer for it, please go ahead. Challenges it actually does look doesn't look amazing. It just looks good, like relatively good. I wouldn't go to the cinema for it, but it's intriguing. Uh, and it's another, at least there's an original film being put out that it's not a remake and it's not a sequel. Win-win situation. And I'm seeing more. This is the really cool thing, actually, at the moment. I'm seeing more original films being put out there, which is fantastic. I don't care if it's via Netflix. I don't care if it's uh, via any other brand. As long as they're putting out original content for the film industry so that we get more people in the cinemas to keep the film industry going and I am such a big advocate for that because I love the film industry I love films I love that universe and someone to talk about as well Mission Impossible 7 I know I'm going to probably go see it I know I said no sequels but Tom Cruise to me is a representation of somebody who has kept that film industry going throughout the time. I'm a big fan of him. I love the fact that he does his own stunts. I love the fact that he is such so energetic and passionate about the film industry. And I loved what he did uh, when, during the pandemic where he told off those people on set uh, when they were putting at risk the production for Mission Impossible 7. Uh, 
And so someone like that I'm willing to support because not only was his previous film with Top Gun the sequel absolutely fantastic and I will, you know, obviously I'm being very hypocritical here, another sequel, another remake of a, an original concept, but it was brilliant and it was a really good film so if they can actually make really good films we're all gonna love it but most of the time most of the time when you look at sequels and remakes they're terrible so we're going on that rule they're the exception not the rule so remember that for a second but please film industry keep doing what you're doing keep putting out original films new films so that we can find something like spider-man across the spider-verse and other great films that we're going to go see over the summer and put our money into and make box office hits and hopefully hopefully we can bring back some of that originality of the 90s into the late um 2020s whatever you want to call this period of time that we're in right now moving on from the film industry and zendaya being memed about and you know rolled through Damn! uh i want to talk about a little bit of stoicism i've been reading uh, the daily stoic by um, Ryan Holiday and Stephen Hanselman, Hanselman, however I'm going to pronounce that. And I just want to talk about a couple of quotes. The reason why I'm getting in, back into Stoicism after talking with a friend about it and, and talking about this in the previous podcast is because I was realizing that I wanted to find a little bit more meaning in the things that I'm talking about. I, I feel like I have things in my mind that I don't know how to express that will be reflected by these quotes from Epictetus and Marcus Aurelius and people who, and Seneca as well of, of people who've from hundreds of years ago whose knowledge and ideas still apply to today and I like that it's and for me personally as someone who likes to come up with sayings and things that may sound cheesy but they they just make sense to me for instance one of them being don't fear the man who is forced or born in the darkness. Fear the man who goes willingly into the darkness and comes out smiling. It seems to me that everybody stakes their lives in a lost cause. Looking over them all from up here, I almost think I can see their hopes and dreams flickering in each little light. One of the quotes that I've created that for me, it's not a quote, it's something I created, philosophy there, the idea of fear the person who is willing to challenge themselves and can enjoy that challenge and can enjoy the the tough times as much as the good times. And this is something that I find really interesting is that there's not many people out there who know how to be able to enjoy the darkness, enjoy the abyss. And it may sound almost psychopathic and you may like Patrick Bateman's on the other side of the camera right now. You're like, hello. Ooh. Uh, but there's also some real meaning behind it. The idea of if you can get through the suffering, there's always going to be the relaxation time. There's always going to be those good times. But if you can enjoy it every time, then you're a winner. And that's just something I've come up with. This, you know, from from doing other things. But I want to let's see if I can get the page without losing the marker. Yeah, brilliant, winning so far. And this is one bad thing with. There we go. Cool. This is today's quote. So is it, the really cool thing about this book, rather, by the way, is that there's a philosophical quote from one of the three, or you know, guys there from, from the philosophers, let's call them, uh, of Stoicism: Seneca, Epictetus, and uh, Marcus Aurelius. And today's one 
on June the 24th, which is awesome. So you've got a quote for every day of the year that you can read and write about. And there's a nice little description underneath by Ryan Holiday and by Stephen. And it's really interesting to see today's the truly educated aren't quarrelsome. And this one I really enjoyed. Really, really good one to, to talk about on the podcast. The beautiful and good person neither fights with anyone nor as much as they are able. Permits others to fight. This is the meaning of getting an education, learning what is your own affairs and what is not. If a person carries themselves so, where is there any room for fighting? And this specific quote, which I wrote about this morning in my uh, journal, is the idea that if you can become educated, if you can educate yourself, you're willing to go into debate with anybody. Shut your mouth when you're talking to me. You're willing to talk to people who who may have completely uh, opposite views on the world to you, and you're not going to get angry. And what this quote by Epictetus talks about is Seneca going into the roads of Athens and talking to people who have completely opposite views of himself. And he would just stand there and listen to the person who has these opposite views. They're neither negative nor positive. They are just views that he disagrees with, but he's happy to listen. And he just stands there and listens to to these views. And it says, it really made me think about family conversations I've had in the past, where you're trying to almost convince the other person of your view. You're trying to convince the world around you that you're right and they're wrong, and therefore they should step aside and they should just do what you're saying and they should live in your world and this world should succumb to your thoughts. But the truth is we all have a point of view. And has that ever worked? Has a conversation where you almost attack the person with your opinion ever really brought you happiness, joy, or helped the other person? I think not. And this is from personal experience as well as chatting to so many people. I think one of my favorite things about traveling the world is it has opened my eyes up to the idea that maybe sometimes you are wrong and it's best to just listen in. And I love a good talk, but something that I found really interesting recently is just listening to other people and just listening into their stories and listening into who they are. I think that's why I love podcasts so much, because I love listening to, to people's lives, and I love listening to people just chat and just really get in there. And you, the listener, the viewer, you too, I think, have this similar view, this idea that we can learn from each other, and we don't necessarily have to agree on everything politically, you know, what relationships, sexuality, life, but we can, we can be there for one another and not... And and be educated and not make an argument out of everything and not be aggressive through those things, but be educated. So reiterating myself over there a couple of times, but it's really interesting stoicism at the moment. And maybe you too might pick up this book and just do what I'm doing at the moment and and taking one quote a day, one stoic philosophy quote and just going through it and writing about it or really thinking about it. There's, There's some really good ones in there. It's really good ones. I'm, I, I, I'm, I tell you what. Let me see if I can get the second one before, before it because it's really, really interesting, and it really made me think about life in general. Oh yeah, this one by Marcus Aurelius. You could enjoy this very moment all the things you are praying to reach by taking the long way around, if you'd stop depriving yourself of them. And the idea is here that you could be happy now. 
instead of taking the long road to get somewhere, you could just be happy now. You could be happy within the time and everyone's so goal orientated and including myself, including myself here, this idea that you put off happiness. I will be happy once I've got here. I will be happy once I've achieved this. I will be happy once I get somewhere. And for someone like myself who thought if I would just travel to the other side of the world, if I would just be in this different country, I'll be happy. And the truth is you, you don't. Different environments do help you sometimes to refresh your mind and to be able to stress yourself into a new situation. But you can't necessarily do that all the time. And so this is the idea that you need to be happy in the situation you're already in. So stoicism, moving on from there. Um, I, you know what's really been fun for me? And for those who aren't aware, I'm 27. I've been, I'd been putting off driving for years, not because uh, I thought, oh yeah, it's, it's a useful thing to have, but I didn't see it as something that I needed right now. I couldn't afford a car. I didn't have a job that was going to be paying me paying me enough to buy an asset that was going to deteriorate something for you, for everyone who's younger than the age of 25 you should be aware that cars are not appreciating assets they are depreciating assets and therefore they lose value over time they don't gain value so if you buy a car you're not gaining an asset that's going to be worth more in the future it's going to be worth less and that's something i was always told growing up cars are mainly flashy. One of the things that I do see is, it, which I find hilarious by the way, is somebody who has a flashy car in front of a house that's worth less than the car. <laughs> that's not the case nowadays. All houses are worth more than cars, but you, you know what I mean. Like the the car is worth half the value of the house. You shouldn't be doing. That's like such a deluded idea of what of a value system right there. But anyway, on to the point. I passed my driving test this week. I'm really pleased with myself. I passed it first time with only two minors. For those who are really nervous drivers, um, I really recommend you go automatic. I really recommend you go electric, and I really recommend if you're in the Newbury area, go ultimate driving. Recommendation there. They are fantastic. Um, yeah, my driving instructor was super patient with me. We did this for nine months. So I didn't do any, uh, so I took Seven. months to pass my test first time with only two minors. One of the minors was for me speeding, going over 30 for a cup, for a minute. It must've been a minute because there's no other way you would have marked the minor. Uh, it wasn't a serious one. So it must've been like not long enough for me to get the serious, but not short enough for me not to get the minor almost. So I, I recognized it and I did slow down, but you know, it was, it was there. And then the other one was uh, being hesitant. So there was a lorry coming towards me. I was parked up on the side of the road. There was a car behind me and I hesitated to take off. And so I got a minor for that as well. Uh, I was annoyed with that one personally. I'll tell you why. Now, please continue. Uh, the person behind me was a learner driver who was also on the test and they, they had so much time to overtake me. The lorry wasn't coming towards me for ages. And I was like, I saw them behind me. I was parked up on the side of the road. My indicator was turned off and the person had so much time to go around and they didn't. Um, and so I, I said to my driver, can I just, he said, time to go, Chris. And I waited and then 
took off and that's why I only got the minor but I was annoyed because the person behind me normally I've been taught to wait and allow them to I'm not indicating so therefore I'm on the side of the road I'm parked up the person knows that I'm not taking off and I'm not indicating because it, I'm allowing them to go around me and there was enough time to do so so I hope that person <laughs> didn't fail because of that as well they may have got a hesitation minor like myself but I passed first time and I think it's also a confidence thing Something that I really, I believe that I'm going to be telling people now is that you could be like me, someone who's super nervous about driving, super duper nervous, really struggled with um, being in a car, being confident in a car. But the truth is you just need time. You need a driving instructor who suits you, someone who makes you enjoy the process. Genuinely, you need somebody who you get along with. My driving instructor and me have, have a, had loads in common. We were talking all the time about things we were doing. We were talking about life in general. We weren't just talking about driving. And this is really important because it makes the the, the hour that you spend with them go by in a flash. And it also means that the time you're doing that makes it really easy to take on their advice and just respect them as a human being because you're just like, oh, this isn't just their job. Like they've got a whole load of other things going on in their life as well. And that's something that uh, you dehumanize people like driving instructors and driving uh, examiners as well. So it's really important to be able to have this process if you find the right person for you. And also just being relaxed. One of my favorite things about the test was my examiner. He was just talking to me the entire, you know, we were just chatting on and off and he could see when I was, um, you know, really concentrating so he would just stop talking and allow me to concentrate and then he would start talking and asking me questions when you get into conversations about life and we were talking about him going to the gym and like having his own home gym and stuff like this it's just like fantastic relax and all that you know nervous energy that i had before the test was gone and i was just doing my driving mode and that's mwah, so magnifique really an enjoyable process and it went by in a flash and i was back at the driving uh, test center within you know it was it was you know i was told that it was a 40 minute test i bet you it was only 30 it, it felt it felt so short in comparison so for those who are nervous out there who haven't passed a test maybe or who are drivers already want a refresher just go do it and do it with someone you believe and you enjoy being with It's Brittany, bitch. Last of all, chill CFC. We are in the last five minutes of the podcast, so for those who are still here, you, you can skip to the end. I will just sum up everything, and I will also give a little recommendation of something fun to watch for yourselves by the end of the podcast. So, Chelsea Football Club at the moment, it is transfer season. After a terrible season at 12th place with a terrible friggin' team, with a bunch of dead wood who are just money grabbers a lot of them and like i've said in previous podcasts a real lack of fire in their bellies for the club and zero loyalty it's absolutely fantastic to see the club getting rid of this these players who don't want to be there and have no appreciation for the situation or the club itself we are i think it was reese james who said uh, you shouldn't have to basically sell them on being a part of this club it is a club that you should be loyal to in the first place and he's talking about Mason Mount leaving for Manchester United and having to be persuaded by Chelsea to sign an extension contract and I totally agree with them if Mason Mount doesn't want to be there sell him and get him for sell him for 60 and Kai Havertz has been sold as well if he doesn't want to be there sell him 65 I think that's a fantastic amount of money to get for a player like that who hasn't had a good uh, season at Chelsea and hasn't had a great season over a couple of seasons since the Champions League basically 
and then you've also got uh, see again Kovacic I don't really have any love for that guy because he wasn't he did nothing he was a, a very you know he played some really nice football but he didn't really do a lot for Chelsea in the time that he was there he was you know a relatively good dribbler but that's it so again see you later bye bye great get rid of him do I want Moises Caicedo Yes, but not for the price that he's paying. Personally, I wouldn't spend 100 million on him. I would say go look for a lower uh, tier player, develop them, and use a season as a way to be able to develop some of these players. Uh, again, I think give Gallagher some time, genuinely. And if you need a centre defensive mid, go for someone in the Bundesliga or the Italian league and look for someone cheaper rather than going within the Premier League. I know it's a risk, but at this point in time, spending a hundred million on a player who's only had one or one and a bit season is a real risk, and it may not turn out like Enzo Fernandez, where we've got a magician in the midfield. It may turn out to be a waste of a hundred million, and we get another Kukurea who we still have on our books. But it is fantastic to see that we got rid of Koulibaly. Again, he's clearly just ready to retire. You got rid of uh, Mendy as well. He wasn't going to be given the game time because of Arisabalaga. And then you've also got, uh, I'm trying to think as well, who, who got sold? Kante miss, amazing player, but he was starting to get injured all the time. And then who else was there? There was one of the... Oh, Ziyech. Ziyech, for me personally, didn't look like he really cared. Like, at any point, just didn't really care at all. Um, and if that's the case, again, good riddance, goodbye. If you don't want to be there, if you don't want to play for the club, um, and you don't want to get physical for the club, then, you know, that's life. And, you know, goodbye, Ziyech. Well done for getting money. Again, there's been investigations into Chelsea being owned by Saudi Arabia at the same time. But uh, I think those were put to bed by the Premier League, so should be fine on those side of things as well. I think, for me personally, the new signing for Jackson from Villarreal, smart signing, could be a young player to challenge with Bro Broja. I don't know how to pronounce his name. Broja, Broja, one of those things. Um, I think it's a good idea to have two young players playing within that position. If Lukaku doesn't leave, yes, he's probably going to be playing in that position. Do I want him there? No. Do I think he would be helpful for the team or the dressing room? No. So get rid of him as soon as possible. Get rid of that uh, player who's going to be negative for the team. And just have those two young players playing for the striking force. Because we can find goals from Sterling. We can try and find goals from um, Madawake. And we can try and find goals from the midfield as well and from the defence. Yes, those are two young players, one of which who got injured very early on in last season, but we could see some really good football from those two players, and we could see a repeat of what we had almost with Frank Lampard, where we got goals, goals galore from that, and we actually have a, a strong sent, like defence system this time instead of when Frank was manager. So we could get a lot from Pochettino having access to these young players rather than bringing in big money moves and embarrassing Chelsea almost and, and making a really silly statement for, for the club. And I think we should be being a little bit more sensible with the money like Brighton, like Brentford and not being spend, spend, spend on big names just so that we can try and get in goals rather than develop someone into a goal scorer. We have Nkunku now. He's a fantastic player who could bring an attacking mindset to the midfield and to the attack. And it'll be fantastic to see if he can play just behind uh, the number nine of one of those youngsters, bringing some maturity at the age of 25 and 
be prolific and provide assists as well as goals. But we'll see. And I'm really excited about this new Chelsea team under Maurizio Pochettino. And I'm glad that Kepa Ariza Balaga is being given the chance to be able to thrive in the next season. And we didn't just spend 60 or 70 million on a player from Italy and potentially have somebody who could fail when we've already got somebody in goal who's had a fantastic season last season for his career, even if the rest of the team was collapsing in front of him. So... Rounding off the podcast, for those who have just skipped the football bit and are, are back, welcome back to the, to the podcast again. Um, one little treat for you for coming back to this period of the podcast. After talking about football for five minutes, we've got the Reddit forum, Am I, uh, am I the Arsehole? I've been watching Smosh Pit recently where they go through this Reddit and they find stories, they read them out and then they decide whether the person is the arsehole or not. For you, the listener, the viewer, if you are into my comedy or my podcasting of the references, you'll love this. Please go watch it. You'll have a lot of fun. It's great to just hear people's stories of their lives and be like, this person's insane. Um, And so I've got a little snippet for you here and I'm going to read it out. This may take a minute, so if you're ready for these, this funny story, great. If not, see you later. Have a great rest of the day. <laughs> uh, am I the asshole for refusing to pay for my daughter's college because she lied to me? My wife and I have a 20-year-old daughter, Cassie. She started college a couple of years ago, majoring in accounting. I never told Cassie college is the only option or to study a specific subject. I wanted her to have some sort of plan, whether it be college, trade, school, etc., So she can have a good start in terms of career prospects, especially in the current job market. She decided to study accounting. She lives in student housing, which I visited when she first went to college. I did want to visit her again, but she told me that they had a new rule that non-students weren't allowed to visit the student housing area. I trusted her, so I believed it. We didn't have a traditional college fund, more so that I'd give her the money on a monthly basis which she supposed to be using for to pay for her course, housing and materials. I know a lot of people will think this is a stupid move on my part, which I understand, but I did the same with my older daughter and it worked out fine. Not long ago, I was at a party when my friend and his family also came. His daughter is a friend with my daughter, and she let slip that Cassie recently moved into a new apartment. I was shocked, and later found out she dropped out of college after the first semester, using the college money to buy expensive things and fund her lifestyle. Shit hit the fan after the reel, and I told Cassie I was really disappointed in what she did, and I can't trust her. She cried and said she didn't know better, and now realises what she did was stupid. I'm going to stop... Uh, I'm I'm going to be stopping the college money, but she replied she wants to go back for real and have a fresh start. I replied she can take out a student loan like most others. I won't be paying anymore. Cassie is really upset and refusing to talk to me. My wife is on uh, is isn't on board with this either and is telling me Cassie made a mistake and I can just make the payments directly to the school from now on. I told them both getting her college paid for was a privilege that she's now lost. If she wants to go back really show me she cares i might consider paying for it later many students don't have a financial help from their families and go through fine i've got a couple of people telling me i'm being really harsh and this is going to ruin her education even more fuck that you're a top dog you're an absolute legend op uh the person who posted this uh as someone who paid for his entire degree on his own without his parents help as someone who worked the entire time, who worked in the IT industry to pay for his degree, she's spoilt. 
She's spoiled. She, yes, she made a mistake, but she's going to pay for that mistake. She's going to learn from it. And yes, if she proves it to you, then you can help her out. Then you can show, say, look, you've been rewarded with this. Here's a fund. But that fund, like you said, isn't isn't guaranteed. That's something you've put your hard work into. If she's just spending it silly, willy-nilly, and yes, it may be a mistake, but it sounds to me like she took took it and tried to make a lifestyle love out of it. So uh, you, the reader, uh, sorry, the, the viewer, the listener, please comment below if you've got this far and you've listened to this story, what do you think? Do you think the, the, Reddit, yeah, read, <laughs> the Reddit user there is right or wrong? Only one way to find out. So this has been the Taylor's Tales podcast. This has been Chris's Corner. I've been your host, Chris Taylor. And as always, I hope to see you this time next week. Bye now. Ha! Boom, baby! <laughs>